This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. These are challenging times, but you don't have to navigate them alone. Welcome to How Can I Help? I'm Dr. Gail Saltz. I'm a clinical associate professor of psychiatry at the New York Presbyterian Hospital, a psychoanalyst and best-selling author. And I'm here every week to answer your most pressing questions, hopefully with understanding, insight, and advice. Evelyn knew that something was missing in her marriage. She and Robert used to be passionate about each other. They used to have fun, laugh, and she felt very connected to him. But 12 years into their marriage and two children later, she felt removed. They bickered over little things. Robert never asked her about work or what she was worrying about or what she felt like doing. Evelyn no longer felt attracted to Robert and very rarely spent any time alone together. Instead, she threw her energy into raising the children and doing well at work. As a paralegal, she generally liked her work, though it could get tedious, and her boss was a tough woman who was often critical and unsupportive. Life had become a bland, depressing, and more empty existence. And then there was Todd. Todd had been at the firm longer than Evelyn and had showed her the ropes. They discussed complicated cases with enthusiasm, and Evelyn really found Todd's passion about the work exciting and engaging. They would grab coffee together, and soon, coffee became lunch, and lunch became phone calls and emails and texts. The discussions, which had been all work-related, slid into discussions of what they think about life, what they like about each other, and what they don't like about their spouses. Evelyn thought about Todd all the time now, and it felt wonderful. She hadn't felt this alive since she and Robert had started dating. While she recognized the feelings of a crush, the excitement about seeing him, the pleasure in his jokes, the relief in confiding in someone who really understood her, Evelyn told herself there was nothing wrong with what she was doing because after all, they were friends and they weren't having any sex. Robert, however, started to notice his wife's coming home later because of more, quote, business dinners. He also noticed her on the cell phone on the weekends and her being evasive about who she was talking to. At one point, he told her that he felt she was pulling away from him, that they never had sex anymore, that he felt lonely in their marriage, and that he wondered, was there someone else? She had assured both Robert and herself that no, I'm not having an affair. While she felt some guilt, she really felt that not having any physical relationship made this friendship perfectly reasonable. Besides, the thought of giving up Todd, the rushes of pleasure when she would meet him, the way he made her feel beautiful and funny and fantastic. Yes, there was no way she could imagine giving that up. 
not in a million years. Today, I am answering a question from a listener about emotional affairs. Emotional cheating does not include physical intimacy. It is, however, a very intimate relationship, and it is a betrayal. An affair, any affair, really has to do with secrecy, deception of the partner, and therefore betrayal. It also has to do with the amount of emotional energy you put into the other person that you therefore are not giving to your partner. However, the person involved in an emotional affair not only preserves their deniability to their spouse by not having a physical relationship, they actually avoid their own guilty feelings by saying to themselves, but I am not having sex with this person. Therefore, technically, it is not cheating. In addition, this kind of justification allows them to convince themselves that they do not have to give up the relationship. If you think about it, it is the breach of trust more so than the sex that is usually the most painful aspect of any affair. And I can tell you from my many years of work, it is the most difficult to recover from. How do emotional affairs get started? Most people are not looking for an affair. Like Evelyn, their marriage has hit a time of struggle as many marriages do. They find it's just not fun anymore. Their husband doesn't seem to care so much how they feel, what they think. And the woman feels lonely and frustrated. Rather than recognizing this red flag as a sign that she needs to figure out what is not working and make a collaborated effort to improve her relationship, women often accept this as the way their marriage just is. So while they aren't looking to cheat, they are ripe for an affair of the heart. They simply find themselves hungry for attention, craving passion and excitement, and consciously or unconsciously, they seek someone who fills that empty space in their soul. What begins as a friendship slides down the slippery slope into an emotional affair. Evelyn like other such women, came to depend on Todd for emotional highs and good feelings during the day. The flirting, the you're such a terrific person accolades, the sympathetic ear for problems all make you feel special. And you don't have to contend with working out the difficult details of living together as a married couple. Instead of struggling with their partner to work it out, or seeing a couples therapist to see if indeed the marriage can be salvaged. Of course, some cannot, and it's still better to end a marriage before getting involved with someone else. But they jump into being involved with another person. With more women in the workplace, the explosion of internet access, social media, emailing, cell phones, there is just so much easy accessibility for men and women to relate and communicate in furtive ways. Of course, men and women can be and often are friends. So how can one tell the difference? In a male-female friendship, there is often some attraction of either party 
were they willing to admit it? And so those friendships can only stay friendships if clear boundaries are drawn. This means often including your spouse at times with the two of you, not discussing things which are kept secret from the spouse, and acknowledging that your marriage comes first. If, on the other hand, you or he avoid telling your spouse how much time you spend with or talk to this friend, tell your friend more about your day or your marital dissatisfaction than you do your spouse, then this could be more of an affair than a friendship. Other questions to ask yourself are, would you feel guilty if your partner saw you two together? And do you make sure you look great before you see your friend? If you answered yes, then you really have to own up to what sounds more like an affair than a friendship. So with that, right after the break, we'll get to my listener's question. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. To serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come, find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Welcome back. Let's get to my listener's question and see, how can I help? Dear Dr. Saltz, I work at a company where sometimes we stay after work for drinks, even a meeting with clients that includes dinner and drinks. Ever since a coworker who I've developed a relationship with has joined my group, my husband's expressed that he feels less and less comfortable with these after work meetups. I do talk about how funny this coworker is and that I do admire him, and we do talk and text. The truth is, I really do like him. Maybe I even have a bit of a crush on him because I can talk about really important emotional stuff and he gets it, something I don't find as easily with girlfriends or even my husband as of more recently. But there is nothing sexual going on between us at all. I would not cheat on my husband, no matter how much I like this man at work. I feel it is unfair that he is questioning me about after-work drinks or dinners. And it feels like my husband's pressuring me or doesn't trust me, which makes me really uncomfortable. I am just not sure what to do about it. Can you help? In a way, I have too little information to pinpoint what exactly is going on here. It could be that your husband is being overly concerned and jealous without cause, which could be all about him. But since this is a change, it is more likely to have to do with his perception of what is, or rather, what is not going on in your relationship with him that's driving an insecurity. But it also could be that what you are currently doing vis-a-vis the guy at work is the thing driving the relationship change and his increasing insecurity. I'd start by asking yourself these questions 
And the important thing is to answer yourself as honestly as you possibly can. Do you avoid telling your husband how much time you spend or talk with this new guy? Do you tell this guy more about your day than you're telling your husband, even about marital dissatisfaction? Do you ready your appearance to see this man at work or after work? Do you think about looking nicer? Is there a sexual attraction, spoken or unspoken, between you? Would you feel guilty if your partner was a fly on the wall and saw you together the way that you interact with him? If you are answering yes to any of these questions, then you may, without realizing it, be in an emotional affair. And though it is not sexual, at least not yet, it is a form of betrayal. And it does take a toll on your marriage and your husband, even if he doesn't really know. It's important that you own up to what you're really feeling and doing. You can't really have your cake and eat it too. If you are embroiled in an emotional affair, it will drain the health of your marriage and it will hurt your husband. And you are putting that relationship at risk. If you want your marriage, I'd suggest reestablishing boundaries with the man at work. I would avoid staying late with him, having drinks, which will disinhibit you and him, because that will not only encourage more breaking of emotional boundaries, but to be honest, having drinks is exactly what leads to one drunken night for one of you to make a move and head on into a sexual affair. Generally speaking, emotional affairs end up hurting all three people involved, as this is never a stable triad that can stay that way. Let your husband know you love him. If some distance has developed with him, work to close the gap. Talk more. Talk about what's missing, what you want more of, what he wants more of. Then back off the guy at work. Don't talk to him about your marriage and don't betray the intimacy and trust of your marriage. Don't flirt with this man. Don't confide. Even if this means explaining to this man that it was infringing on the comfort of your marriage, if that is appropriate, because he asks, what's changed? A work friend can be a work friend without emotional vulnerability, betraying a marital confidence and sexual innuendo. The only way to do this is to be brutally honest with yourself about what you may have been doing here and what you really want to last in the long run. It means giving up some instant gratification for the long-haul happiness. I hope that was helpful. Maybe it hasn't gone that far. Maybe you just know that you or your spouse are trying to be friends with someone but you want to avoid that slippery slope. How can you protect yourself or your relationship from an emotional affair? First and foremost, look at your current relationship for satisfaction. Are you getting what you need from him? And does he get what he needs from you? Ask him directly. When either of you feel lonely in the relationship, like you can't share your feelings, your concerns, and dreams, then you are both at greater risk for an affair even if you aren't looking. Avoid flirting. 
This doesn't mean avoid being social and funny and enjoying a friend. It means do not throw in or respond to sexual undertones. Once the sexual repartee begins, it can be too intoxicating to stop. Do not go out alone with old flames. Old loves hold a certain thrill, and we tend to keep idealized memories of them, hence a greater desire to get reinvolved. If you want to stay friends with an old love, include your current love. Go out to dinner all together and keep your partner informed if you get together without them. Finally, avoid hanging out with other people who cheat. The funny thing is that one's own morals and values can very much be affected by those around us. The mind game of, well, hey, everyone else is doing it, so it must be okay, can allow you to justify behavior that you would normally never deem acceptable. If at lunch, everyone is talking about their work lover, then you might find yourself marching down the same path, figuring that it all seems like no big deal. If it's clear that an emotional affair is going on, what can you do? The first and most important task from which all the other things you need to do will follow is to own up to and take responsibility for the affair. Denying and blaming others will prevent you from reengaging with your partner. Next, you must end it. This will no doubt be very painful for the person having the affair, and they may even grieve for a while. The fact is that you cannot be with both people. It can't be halfway. You can't really stay friends some of the time, especially if the person you've been involved with really does want more. In order to build back the trust of your spouse, it kind of has to be over. Next, you really need to figure out why you did it. The reason is likely one you never consciously acknowledged to yourself. Was your marriage failing? Were you looking to build your self-esteem? Were you repeating the pattern of a parent who cheated? In order to stop now and avoid repeating an affair in the future, you really must search your own mind for what led you astray. Once the affair has ended, it can take considerable time to build back the trust in your marriage. It also requires an openness and accountability to get past the fear of repeated betrayal. Doing some things that your partner needs, like coming home right after work and breaking off all contact with the other person, may be needed to set your partner at ease for some time. Even with all efforts at repair, it can sometimes take years to build back the trust you once had. What I find to be remarkably consistent in my practice is that many people do not appreciate the relationship they do have until they are about to lose it. This is what happened to my first referred to case, Evelyn. Robert read the emails, which said, I miss you so much. I can't wait to see you. And he knew. He was devastated and angry, and he wanted a divorce. Once Evelyn realized she would lose her husband, Todd didn't seem quite as thrilling. 
but the thought of losing either of them left her in utter turmoil. Hence, her visit to me. It is much more difficult to make your way back from a betrayal of intimate feelings and the resulting loss of trust in your partner than to work at rekindling the relationship you have that may have become somewhat flat or distant. When you ignore the sometimes anxiety-inducing messages your mind is carrying, like, I feel so stuck in my marriage, I wish I could run off and have fun, or I feel old and dumpy, I wish someone would make me feel young and sexy again, then you cannot examine them or deal with them in a healthy and productive manner. Instead, you will act them out, and this can either result in you or your partner having an emotional affair. Any good relationship takes an investment of time, effort, and emotional energy. Put that energy into enhancing the relationship you've got. It is, in the end, worth the upkeep. Do you have a problem I can help with? If so, email me at howcanihelp at senecawomen.com. All centers remain anonymous. And listen every Friday to... How can I help? With me, Dr. Gail Saltz.